Chapter Fifteen of the Alhambra: A Series of Tales and Sketches of the Moors and Spaniards by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen: Boabdil el Chico. My conversation with the Moor in the Court of Lions set me to musing on the singular fate of Boabdil. Never was surname more applicable than that bestowed upon him by his subject of el Zohoibi, or the unlucky. His misfortunes began almost in his cradle. In his tender youth he was imprisoned and menaced with death by an inhuman father, and only escaped through a mother's stratagem. In after years his life was embittered and repeatedly endangered by the hostilities of a usurping uncle. His reign was distracted by external invasions and internal feuds. He was alternately the foe, the prisoner, the friend, and always the dupe of Ferdinand, until conquered and dethroned by the mingled craft and force of that perfidious monarch. An exile from his native land, he took refuge with one of the princes of Africa, and fell obscurely in battle fighting in the cause of a stranger. His misfortunes ceased not with his death. If Boabdil cherished a desire to leave an honourable name on the historic page, how cruelly has he been defrauded of his hopes! Who is there that has turned the least attention to the romantic history of the Moorish domination in Spain, without kindling with indignation at the alleged atrocities of Boabdil? Who has not been touched with the woes of his lovely and gentle queen, subjected by him to a trial of life and death on a false charge of infidelity? Who has not been shocked by the alleged murder of his sister and her two children in a transport of passion? Who has not felt his blood boil at the inhuman massacre of the gallant Aben Serrahas, thirty-six of whom, it is affirmed, he caused to be beheaded in the court of the lions? All these charges have been reiterated in various forms. They have passed into ballads, dramas, and romances until they have taken too thorough possession of the public mind to be eradicated. There is not a foreigner of education that visits the Alhambra, but asks for the fountain where the Aben Sarahas were beheaded, and gazes with horror at the grated gallery where the queen is said to have been confined. Not a peasant of the Vega or the Sierra, but sings the story in rude couplets to the accompaniment of his guitar, while his hearers learned to execrate the very name of Boabdil. Never, however, was name more foully and unjustly slandered. I have examined all the authentic chronicles and letters written by Spanish authors contemporary with Boabdil, some of whom were in the confidence of the Catholic sovereigns, and actually present in the camp throughout the war. I have examined all the Arabian authorities I could get access to through the medium of translation, and can find nothing to justify these dark and hateful accusations. The whole of these tales may be traced to a work commonly called The Civil Wars of Granada, containing a pretended history of the feuds of the Zahris and Abencerrajas during the last struggle of the Moorish Empire. 
This work appeared originally in Spanish, and professed to be translated from the Arabic by one Hines Perez de Hita, an inhabitant of Murcia. It has since passed into various languages, and Florian has taken from it much of the fable of his Consalvo of Cordova. It has, in a great measure, usurped the authority of real history, and is currently believed by the people, and especially the peasantry of Granada. The whole of it, however, is a mass of fiction, mingled with a few disfigured truths which give it an air of veracity. It bears internal evidence of its falsity, the manners and customs of the Moors being extravagantly misrepresented in it, and scenes depicted totally incompatible with their habits and their faith, and which never could have been recorded by a Mohammedan writer. I confess there seems to me something almost criminal in the willful perversions of this work. Great latitude is undoubtedly to be allowed to romantic fiction, but there are limits which it must not pass, and the names of the distinguished dead which belong to history are no more to be calumniated than those of the illustrious living. One would have thought, too, that the unfortunate Boabdil had suffered enough for his justifiable hostility to Spaniards by being stripped of his kingdom, without having his name thus wantonly traduced and rendered a byword and a theme of infamy in his native land, and in the very mansion of his fathers. It is not intended hereby to affirm that the transactions imputed to Boabdil are totally without historic foundation, but as far as they can be traced, they appear to have been the arts of his father, Abul Hassan, who is represented by both Christian and Arabian chronicles as being of a cruel and ferocious nature. It was he who put to death the cavaliers of the illustrious line of the Abencerrajas, upon suspicion of their being engaged in a conspiracy to dispossess him of his throne. The story of the accusation of the Queen of Boabdil and of her confinement in one of the towers may also be traced to an incident in the life of his tiger-hearted father. Abul Hassan, in his advanced age, married a beautiful Christian captive of noble descent, who took the Moorish appellation of Zoraida by whom he had two sons. She was of an ambitious spirit, and anxious that her children should succeed to the crown. For this purpose she worked upon the suspicious temper of the king, inflaming him with jealousies of his children by his other wives and concubines, whom she accused of plotting against his throne and life. Some of them were slain by the ferocious father, Ahalahora, the virtuous mother of Boabdil, who had once been his cherished favorite, became likewise the object of his suspicion. He confined her and her son in the tower of Comares, and would have sacrificed Boabdil to his fury, but that his tender mother lowered him from the tower in the night by means of the scarves of herself and her attendants, and thus enabled him to escape to Huadi. Such is the only shadow of a foundation that I can find for the story of the accused and captive queen, and in this it appears that Boabdil was the persecuted instead of the persecutor. 
Throughout the whole of his brief, turbulent, and disastrous reign, Boabdil gives evidences of a mild and amiable character. He, in the first instance, won the hearts of the people by his affable and gracious manners. He was always peaceable, and never inflicted any severity of punishment upon those who occasionally rebelled against him. He was personally brave, but he wanted moral courage, and in times of difficulty and perplexity was wavering and irresolute. This feebleness of spirit hastened his downfall, while it deprived him of that heroic grace which would have given a grandeur and dignity to his fate, and rendered him worthy of closing the splendid drama of the Moslem domination in Spain. End of chapter 15